Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 40. Terry Dunfield is on this week. You may know him from one of his many phases of his career. Former Toronto FC player. That's where he and I met. You can find him on TSN, both on television and on radio. And also someone decided he'd make a good coach. I knew this guy from his playing days and now he's an academy coach. Uh, all jokes aside, really, really good dude. Uh, he was one of the guys when I joined Toronto FC, welcomed me into the locker room and made me feel not like a, a creepo with a camera, but part of the team. You can find him on Twitter at Terry underscore Dunfield. Before we get to that, though, we're doing something, Dill, that we've never done before. We have a guest for the intro. Alex Anthony is a guest on the intro. What's up, Al? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks. Good. I dragged you in here because we're doing prep for a commercial we have coming up. And I was like, hey, I've got an idea. Do you want to just come sit at the desk? And you said, what do I do? And I said, this. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole I lot. I like it. But I think you can help us. You know, we have a lot of things to announce. Mm-hmm. So I think you can help us get through it. First up, we have the special guest. I promised you last week that we were, we were holding on to the announcement for KJ and Caldwell a football podcast live February 28th at the Rivoli. You can still get your tickets for $20 at a footballpodcast.com. We have the special, the first two special guests for you with more to come. And I thought, Alex, you're perfect. You're here. Why don't you break the news? You can be the breaking source. Mm-hmm. Da da Breaking news. This just coming in from a football podcast live. Their first two guests are MLS cup champions. Oh, Justin Morrow. That's right. And Jonathan Osorio. Jonathan Osorio. Great guys. I met them the same year, actually, 2013. Justin Morrow, he and I threw a football around, and I think we talked about the uh, upcoming Super Bowl that year in 2013. Jonathan Osorio and I went to an Orlando Magic game with Terry. It was the three of us, uh, and I think Matt Stinson went, and Danny Kuvermans was was the fifth guy. I guess I say fourth guy because they were all on camera, and I was holding the camera. And oddly enough, coincidentally enough, this weekend... Toronto Raptors play the Orlando Magic. So it's like this first perfect trifecta of like Terry Dunfield, Jonathan Osorio-ness, all coming together in one beautiful grouping. It's great. But first, this is the part that Alex admitted earlier that he skips through uh, because he is much more popular than I am. <laughs> and so he doesn't need someone telling him what to do on the weekend. Yet every weekend I need to write it down in a planner what I'm going to do. Um, so these, some of these are suggestions from Alex. Um, the first one I thought was very fitting because it's DeMar DeRozan's return to Scotiabank Arena. And Alex and I teamed up with TSN uh, producer and reporter Matt Chinetti to do a, a DeMar DeRozan essay. And this is the first time he's going to be back in regular season play pretty much since the time we shot that essay. Yep. Isn't it wild? That's crazy. Toronto Raptors, San Antonio Spurs, uh, 7 p.m. at Scotiabank Arena. That's 40 Bay Street. We're going to do this little thing. We're going to play off each other. Hey, where can I find tickets? Seatgiant.ca. That's right. I feel like Billy Bean in Moneyball. I'm going to snap at you and then you talk. What's the promo code? Stringer. Oh, that's great. Moving on to Saturday, February 23rd. My favorite murder live. It's coming to Toronto, 8 p.m. at the Sony Center, 1 Front Street East. This stuck out to me, Till, because you remember when we did the uh, Just for Laughs tour that one year. What, was it 2016? 2017. 2017. And they we didn't get to go to their show because we were actually shooting a game that night. But they, they had come, I think it was their first time in Toronto during the Just for Laughs tour, and they did it live. They're coming back Saturday, February 23rd at the Sony Center. Uh, Alex, where do we get tickets? 
cgiant.ca and use promo code stringer sunday february 24th sean majumder famous canadian comedian i remember him from this hour is 22 minutes or a whole whack of newfie jokes that he always told he was from newfoundland so it's kind of okay 7 p.m danforth music hall 147 danforth avenue you might see a theme going on here it's a seat giant weekend so alex for the third and final time where can we find tickets seatgiant.ca oh baby that's right using promo code dylan bring it Oh, Stringer. That's right. SeatGiant.ca, promo code Stringer. Remember, if you haven't heard this enough times, I'm going to give it to you one more time. Our ideas aren't for everyone. You can do one of two things, though. Alex, I know you've got cool things going all the time. You can either reach out to us, tell us what you have coming up, and we'll happily promote it at Stringer Podcast on Twitter or events at thestringer.ca. Or you can go to SeatGiant.ca and figure out what you want to do on your own time. You don't need me telling you where to go, where to be. You've got, like, moms to do that for you. Concerts, sporting events, theater, live shows, comedy. You thought I was going to say girlfriends, Alex, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Nope, not going to do it. Uh, just go to seatgiant.ca and use promo code STRINGER and you can pick your own tickets for everything. So we got Terry Dunfield coming up. That's it for the weekend. We're putting it behind us. This is different. I'm not used to the three-person energy. I know. I, I, we have to do this more often. I, I want to develop this skill. Uh, Terry Dunfield coming up after the break. Alex is going to leave the room. Terry is going to enter Kind of, if in the magic of the podcast world, that's exactly what's going to happen. But I think, Alex, this is your favorite part. I remember you were on the podcast. I think you were number 28 Mm -hmm. is is what we agreed. We agreed you were number 28. We we researched (laughs) it. Yeah, Yeah, it was like fucking 12 ago. And I'm like, we agreed you were number 28. And you brought this in at the end. You wanted to announce this at the very end. Um, So I'm going to bring you in, but I thought we'd do something different. I thought it'd be fun to bring games into the podcast, uh, something we don't usually do. You guys can give me your answers on Twitter, at Stringer Podcast, or on Instagram, at Stringer Podcast. And it's going to be guess that Family Guy character. So help us with this game. We want to be able to give out prizes. Who's Who's your favorite Family Guy character? Do your impersonation. Well, hey there, Clay. You want to play me that sweet, sweet sax? (laughs) fuck traffic first of all like straight up and i know you told me before we started you said clay um i'm not going to cuss you're like, I don't. Yeah, I know. You're a no, coach I actually now. said to you, are you going to come to your own podcast? Yeah, you did. You called me. You're like, <laughs> you, are you even going to show up? Um, but straight up, and I thought of this as I was sitting in traffic on the way here, because we came from just about the same spot. And then according to Dylan, who called me right after you talked to him, uh, we left roughly around the same time. But you beat me down. You were at the training ground, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I've been down to you. I've been down to you. Toronto FC's training ground. Uh, I was a little bit more east, but I was a little bit more north. So I was young and finch. And I was like, okay. And you do this weird thing in your brain where you cross off a whole whack of routes. Right? Do you do that? You're like, okay. No no Allen Road. No no Allen Road. Yeah. Never Allen Road. I'm going to gamble on the DVP. Will you? Yeah. You rolled the dice? Yeah. 
Oh, see, I'll do Bayview, yeah. and that's what I did. That's why Dylan and I were like, we had a cup of tea, <laughs> yeah. we bonded out, and like I'm in the zone. You're, you're coming in flustered. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> you, it's like you got a good massage first. You're all warmed up. You're you're a finely tuned. It's like being a machine. player again. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I was funny this morning. I was actually in the car driving in. Uh, so I get to the training ground. I try to get in at say seven fifteen. Is that really when you get yeah, in? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Uh, you were never in that early when you played. I was always in the, the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've kind of had my two years grace of I'm in my transition period of going from player to I've been coaching for a while, a little bit in the media world, and I'm like I've got to get back after it now, yeah. and 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 especially on like the well being, looking after myself, and I'm now. Five weeks and three days into working out every morning. Really? Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks. Who, and, needs, and, who needs New Year's? Like, who needs that demarcation point? When that, you can just be like, I'll do it when I want to do it. And I'll set my mind and heart on it and just go. Yeah, and I don't know what, like, why the the, the penny dropped or yeah. what. It, it was just, it just takes time, I guess. Yeah. And, and uh and every kind of cliche or or that transition period going from from playing for 17 years you actually go through and live in your own kind of way and it's a little bit tricky but yeah i feel great for not only physically and my yeah. tracksuits aren't quite so snug <laughs> now but uh i'm uh, i'm enjoying it and my and my head's clearer and but going back to my story anyway so i'm yeah. coming on my yeah. drive in and i actually like my drive into work my 30 minutes from yeah. young and blore to the BMO training ground yeah. at Downsview. I put on my Sirius FM and yeah. have the coffee house. Ha- is it coffee house? What is it? The coffee house? Coffee house. Yeah. So it, it's super See, tranquilo. I'm, I, I am. I'm a podcast guy. Right. So no music. But you're all like super chill music. Yeah. Like you're, you you put yourself right in like a zen zone. Yeah. And I just kind of like switch off my emails, yeah. turn my phone upside down. Obviously, yeah. I don't text and drive. And I just, oh, ca- I, I just kind of. Like just, Terry Dunfield always follows the rules. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of, that's kind of like my time. So actually kind of driving yeah. here, yeah. sitting in a little bit of traffic is, is okay. This is my kind of my Zen. I don't have a dog, uh, yeah. but this is my time. Like my drive is the time where I just like, so it's, my, it's like my dog walk. Right. Completely. I uh, was inspired actually by Dylan because Dylan lives. You should have seen like, Dylan's face, that, by the way. He was like, me? Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he is roughly Bloor and Dufferin. No, yeah. Bloor and Bathurst. I know his life story. We've heard, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've he's done lived this there. Already. He's actually yeah. lived there for three and a half years. I know that because I've driven him home a whole whack of time. I know that because I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Go, friend. No, uh, he walks into work every day and walks home. And you know we're in the East End, and he ain't in the East End. He's in the West End. And so unless I didn't sleep the night before or something, I walk into work in the morning and walk home. And that, it's my 30 minutes. It's like 25 to 27 minutes. And that is the same thing that you get, uh, where you just kind of ease into the day completely at your own pace. And I realize that the weather doesn't even bother me as much as I thought it would. I thought it'd be like... Yeah, I'll do it until it gets cold and then I won't do it anymore. But now I want that 30 minutes and I almost need that 30 minutes to be a better human being when I get in here and greet Dylan and Sean and everyone else each day uh, that the, I don't even, you know, you put an extra layer sweatshirt, you know, gloves, whatever it is. And I go and I and I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's kind of just an opportunity to take your mind where you have your mad scientist idea or you, you put together oh, yeah, me, mad scientist a plan idea. Or, or whatever it might be. And uh, I, yeah, I'm getting old. Yeah. Since, <laughs> 36. You're, are you 36? I, I got my pension last you year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> In England, so you're the canes in the, the PFA. mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got was a sugar cane. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got three pounds. Don't spend it all at once. Actually, a funny story. Uh, so in England, at 35, you actually get your pension, and at the end of your playing career, and then it's part of the PFA scheme. And whoever was investing it did a rubbish job. But so I hope <laughs> no one from all of England or the FA listened to this. But my buddy, I played for Man City yeah. uh, with, was Richard Edgehill, and uh, so. Very good career, captain of Man City, and he was okay with his money. He had a few crosses with lots of diamonds and watches that he yeah. probably – resale value is not that high. Completely. Uh, but as one does. But you know what? Like you have to – It's part of being a professional footballer. Completely. You, there's a – it's just part of your environment or, or you know your living costs are high and, and you think of uh, sneaker culture now like sneaker culture yeah, really plays into it now where someone will get a pair of yeezys for like a couple grand and you're like whoa but you you kind of have if you're not driving the rolls royce you got to have something that you prize and you cherish yeah and 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 you know your studded cross We'll do that for you. Yeah, and, and maybe he was a bit insecure. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Richard Etchell, uh, he's 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 one thing. He he said, "I'm gonna be good with my money." And yeah. then he had Man City were crazy with promotions and relegations. He yeah. had a lot of promotion money come in, and whenever he'd get say a, a good check from promotion, he'd uh, he'd bank that in his pension. So hundred oh, grand here, brilliant. fifty grand here, and. He's probably not. If he's listening, I'm sorry about telling everyone your financial situation and good luck with your next negotiation or job interview. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> you don't need the money. Yeah. We know, but, but or it might work in his favor. We might be doing him a favor here, where if he's in a big like he's up for an exec job or he's going to go. That'll never happen. That well, you yeah. never know. I, I the, love the guy. The football but. world is weird. Where sometimes you're like, who's in charge of what? Yeah. Really? Good point. And it just happens. And that's, you know, because the organization at the time uh, needs someone that, to fill a role. And maybe that's a connective tissue role, right? Where they just know the people involved or they know, you know, a lot of their teammates became agents or whatever. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Did, did you get Timing. You, you know, he's come, he's come from managing in Norway. Yeah. In, in club football right now. I think it was mold he was at. And and previously he was managing Cardiff and wasn't yeah. successful in, in the Premier League. Now all of a sudden he's the manager no. of Manchester United. Yeah. So so I think that's an example of it. And uh and, and a big word in, in, in our industry or our soccer industry is Your timing. Industry. It is timing. <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> but uh yeah, just going back to Edgy. So he's, yeah. he's put his money away. He's put his money away and he, he finally retires at, at, at 36. And his last game was actually for Macclesfield. And it's crazy. Saul Campbell and Andy Cole are actually the management team at Macclesfield now. Anyway. Um, what year is it? How hard is it is to it get a job in England? <laughs> <laughs> Saturated. So anyway. Let's go. New plan right here. Yeah, we'll, we'll go manage in the 29th division. Um, so Richard Etchell's now 35. I said 36. 35 is the cutoff day. He's bowling into the pension office, wherever. Where, I don't even know where that is. And he's he's buzzing. He's, he's going to pick up. He's, he's figured out. He's done his maths on his, on his like, 
like napkin or whatever, yeah. footballer style. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got like 650 grand saved up. Nice. And, you know, he's got his crosses and he's got, you know, nice apartment paid off. And, you know, all his cars at the bank owner probably going back. But, you know, he's not he's not in a bad spot here because yeah. he's got a 650 grand pension. Yeah. So they tell him, get on this. You are going to get 320 pounds a month for the rest of your life. So he's, he's done the math. He's got to live to like 184 Just get the to money get back. all the money out of his pension. And he gets like an initial payout of 80 grand. And it's just like... Pennies after that. Yeah, it's like Dylan's face when you... Pure <laughs> 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 shock. Yeah. Shock and disappointment. And there's nothing you can do. There's no... Like, you can't be Vasquez and be creative and find no. a way around no. it. You're <laughs> like... <laughs> you're Liam Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I no, I can say he's my mate. And by the way, what a what a great young player he is. He and, is. And, and nobody works harder than this guy. And he, like... Yeah, I, I love the guy one of the people that has made an effort to keep in touch with me uh, since I left uh, TFC is Liam. No way. Yeah. yeah. Just I'm not even surprised. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Like good kid, big smile on his face. Uh, and you know me, I'm the last one to judge talent because I don't know. Hey, you thought I was good. But I, you are good. <laughs> what do you mean? Th- the, and this is another thing I thought. Where is does- Liam just before just before we talk about yeah. me, which yeah. is hard to do. Yeah. Uh Liam's values are just spot on, aren't they? Right. So Completely. shout out to his family for, for he's just been brought up the right way. Yeah. And it's funny that the right way is I think almost an overused term in sports altogether. Oh, he plays the right way. He he works the right he trains the right way. But then when you see someone who does it, you go, oh, aha, that's why it's such an easy term to use because it saves you from describing like the 700 boxes that they check on their own. And you're just like, no, no, no. When everyone pictures, you know, someone with passion and heart and focus and determination. Someone that could date your daughter. Someone just, that, just yes, good you'd be guy. fine with Can we talk about a his ritual? Pathway, his pathway to get where he has is, is, is good. You, you brought up. Date your daughter. And I'm going to bring up a funny ritual that I learned uh, when I cross over from hockey into soccer. And that is what the rookies go through at the beginning of, of every year, usually at training camp. And maybe it's better if you describe it than if I describe it. And we don't have to obviously don't have to talk about anyone particular. But it's this thing that I've seen from the national team to club programs in all throughout North America. So you, you want me to give you a ritual are, story? Are you, I've got a come, great one. You have one that you want? I was going to tell you just to, you to go, explain you, the ritual. I think every ritual is, is different and everyone's culture is, is different. Oh, it's the, the, same. The, the, there's singing. When there's you, always singing there's involved. There's always singing involved. But I, and I, you answer a couple questions I, about yourself. Yeah, and you sort of tell the group what, you, what you're about a little bit. But uh, I, I think... Yeah, I think that the, I think now sort of team spirit and team bonding and and culture is an important component to to building a successful team or franchise, and and it starts even right at the top with say at TFC Bill Manning, and probably the biggest one from Bill is is you know I was I'd come back to the club and he was like just win. Just win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I mean it's good player development win. Yeah, yeah uh, just win. No. But he. he did you want to t- go ahead? No, and I'll okay. tell you my story. You, after. you said I'll tease in my story. Date, date your daughter, and it's because one time a player was asked. So picture the event. It's out. You're in training camp. So usually, first of all, you're in good weather, 
which puts everyone in better spirits. But they're also doing two-a-days, so they're kind of worn out a little bit. It's after dinner one night. It's orchestrated by uh, a veteran player or a group of veteran players on the team. Are you talking about the time with Daniil and Azorio? <laughs> No. In no, Florida? No. Yeah. The training count? No, no. All right. I right, wasn't. Right. Well, let me tell you this story quickly. Okay, so we're, in, we're in Florida with TFC. Yeah. We're at a training camp, and uh, I think I was leading the conversation with- 2013. Uh, yeah, maybe 2013. Ryan Nelson was the manager, and um, uh, Daniil Henry came up, and I was, Daniil, where are you from? Uh, like, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, can you sing a song? He sings a song. Can you dance? He dances. And and, and he's just kind of getting accepted by the, the group a little bit. And if, if you sing a good song and everyone joins in, that means you've kind of been accepted. Yes. Or everyone can make fun of you and at, heckle you. And throw napkins and, at you. Or, and it's still kind of good. Yeah. Like, everyone's still like, all right. As long as you try, you're good. Yes, and, and I don't like how technologies come into it. Where, where they where play players, YouTube. Or, or they're like scrolling down their phone to remember yes. the words. Boo that. Uh, and then, so I, Zorio was up next yeah. and uh, asked, went through all the questions. And uh, the last question I asked like, Zorio, I was like, who's your dream girl? Like, if you could have like any girl. And he's like, Daniel's sister. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it was class. But, but the story I was going to say uh, was I was, in Van- I was in Vancouver. And um, also would say that. Yeah, it was short. and and also he's now he's developed into a great leader and competitor and uh, when he he's got a great personality he and he's sharp and uh, I'm so happy for him and and the success he's had last year and how it's been rewarded as well, but but in Vancouver my first preseason in in uh, MLS we're in San Casa Grande in in uh, near. Near Phoenix, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool, actually. So we were at like playing soccer with Steve Nash, who was one of the owners wow. of uh, of the Vancouver Whitecaps. I think he has a quarter stake. But uh, so we're we're in Vancouver now, and uh, and we've got a few like senior pros and heavy hitters at at the time. Jay Demerit uh, was there, U.S. Men's National Team captain, I think, at some point. John Thorrington, who's uh, now the GM of LAFC and Will mm-hmm. Ferrell's club. Uh, Dunfield was there. Uh, He's an uh, uh, Canadian legend. Yeah, yeah. Go down his, in his own head. Uh, <laughs> J- Joe Cannon was there and lots of young pros. And we were kind of just putting our team together. So Tater Tortoise, an Icelandic manager, uh, w- was the gaffer at the time. He, and he Tater says, Tortoise. Tater Tortoise in. Uh, so, so he sits us all around in a circle and, and we're saying, oh, here we go, another kumbaya session or like what's going on here. And it was actually kind of cool. When we actually did it with the academy coaches at TFC today and, and, and uh, said something about ourselves and introduced the guy beside you. But so we're now sat around and, and you sort of give a little bit of your playing history and some an interesting fact about yourself. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for myself, I was like, yeah, I, I grew up in Vancouver at 14, 15, moved over to England, played for Manchester City, uh, was over there for 13 years. Great opportunity to come back, play for the Vancouver Whitecaps, my hometown team. Uh, playing for Canada is a big part of my life. Uh Interesting fact, uh, something stupid. I was like, right. I, I wasn't creative. I was better than I think. I said I was double jointed, and yeah. that, that's, 
I'm better than that, aren't I, Clay? Uh, I could have come up with something sexier than that. Anyway. I think uh, it's because you had to talk about yourself and you weren't riffing off someone. You're so good when riffing off someone. No. Oh, you are. I, like, if someone gets you going and then you get them back, and that's my memories of you and Coobs. Yeah. Is you yeah. just riff off each other. Yeah, he didn't even know I was hammering him. This is Danny no, he Cooper, man. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, oh, my mate. Um, and we're at, yeah. So anyway. Jeb Borofsky, I don't know if you remember that name, uh, just graduated from Notre Dame. I'm terrible Dame. with that kind of stuff. Notre Dame or Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Yeah. Because I sound cultured when I say yeah, it that you do. way. Yeah, I'm very cultured. No, very it's educated. Notre Dame. So, we're, so Jeb Borofsky, uh, freshy, like so excited. You know, I'm going to be a pro soccer player, even though he could probably make like 400 grand a year with his engineering degree uh, from, from Notre Dame. So uh, so Jeb talks. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm from, I think, Minnesota or and, uh, you know, got his full ride and like won 17 championships at Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to be here and, yeah. and learn from all you awesome senior pros. And, you know, I'm at the show and, and I'm going to do everything to not let you guys down. And we're like, oh, we like this guy. Yeah. This guy's all right. And then he says, uh, and, my, and my interesting fact is uh, I'm actually an orphan. So, and then it got a Whoa. little bit emotional. And, and, right. and, and this is what this is all about. And yeah. I'm even getting goosebumps talking yeah. about it now. So anyway, a couple other people that, that obviously weren't that great spokes. I can't remember their names. And uh, <laughs> then Joe Cannon steps up. You know, awesome, awesome guy. Uh, and uh, he's he says, hi, my name's Joe. And he I think he was like... 35 36 at the time and he was going to give us some veteran presence at the back and, and all the experience in the league and you know told us his his story to where he'd gotten and then he goes uh interesting fact and he and he he, he 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 slow played it quite well he goes yeah my interesting fact jeb i'm your dad <laughs> <laughs> give me a hug <laughs> oh, the room erupted but just at that moment it was brilliant all it is. of a sudden our room just came together and we were a team yes and, and uh so so i'm all I, I don't think you can fabricate stuff like that yeah. I, I i think you know oh we're gonna go bowling team bowling yeah. i i think that that's you're trying too hard i, yeah. I think organically whether you go through a tough training session or some crazy kumbaya session, eventually your team will hopefully in the right environment as a coach that you put together, find a way to, to find an identity, find out who you are and uh, what you mean to each other, what you mean to each other. Yeah. Well said. So that in a weird way, 2013, my first year over uh, with Toronto FC for the group of guys was my favorite and I'll never forget it. But I think that's partially because I was doing something new, doing something different. I was having to learn and counting on people to help me out with it and, and help me through it and help me understand. Uh, but I, too, had to stand on a chair, uh, which I didn't think happened when you were staff. But I, too, had to stand on a chair. and But they, at the end, had a special little challenge for me. The staff made you stand on a chair? In front of the team. You were there. The what? You 100% yeah, were there. go on. Uh, Jimmy had a nice container of cinnamon. Jimmy Brennan. Jimmy Brennan. I remember now. And the cinnamon challenge. Uh, Cello had sent me the video, like, because he still has it on his phone for whatever reason. Have you still got it? I still have it. You should it. put the link up. I will. So, uh, after I do my little <laughs> I bit. I remember this now, yeah. Assistant coach, Jim Brennan, uh, now head coach and 
part owner of York 9, a good guy, as you're about to find out, had a nice little container of cinnamon that he had the wait staff bring out, and he had a, a teaspoon. He's a little bit old, so he's ruthless. And he's like, you know what this is about, don't you? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, go do it. Have at it. So I, did, I had to spoon out my own amount, and there, in that is like the damning thing because if you barely put any on the teaspoon in front of a whole group of men who play on a soccer team and all you do is hold the camera, you're going to be found out really quickly. And so you do what one does and you do a heaping spoon of cinnamon because you're like, well, if I'm going down, I might as well make it spectacular. And I thought I had it figured out. I thought if I flip the spoon over and drag it down my tongue because it's all about moisture and lack of moisture in your mouth with that much cinnamon. I'm like, I'll use all the gunk you, that's on my tongue. Second, did you have a heads up? Not to kill the seasoning nope. of your story, but so you, this was your thought process while this is all going in the Completely. Moment. I'm like, I'm going to own Decent. this uh, because I just got off the chair and I didn't have to sing. Instead of singing, I had to answer the questions, but I got the spoon. I'd probably take that if I had an option before singing. I hated singing. I used to sing "Bye Bye Miss American Pie," which was because only because I knew the words to it well. And I'm it just took the Chevy the Levy down the yeah, Levy yeah, is dry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good old boy is drinking whiskey and rye. But that's all I know of the song. That's all I know. Yeah. I just kept repeating it. <laughs> and eventually, someone laughs or gets on board. And I'd pay like somebody on. I'd be like, kind of make sure you sing with me. Yeah. <laughs> you pay them. Yeah. The, the the beauty of having went to Manchester and started your career there. Had you gone to like Sigma, you wouldn't have had the cash in the pocket to be able to pay yeah, someone know. to help I you. Should, like, how did I not do Oasis or yeah. right? By that, that was or my anything. first wedding song. Like, by the way, how hard is it to dance to Wonderwall? Uh, very. <laughs> I might be able to top it Go on. because I too was married for a short stint. Uh, it was uh, that Aerosmith song. Remember from Armageddon. Really? Yeah, that, that's I don't a lot close. to take on. It's seven and a half minutes. <laughs> I remember just going around in a circle because I couldn't dance oh. like an idiot being oh. like, when will this thing end? And then it's like Ben Affleck and he's like putting like the animals <laughs> over the girl. <laughs> and oh. and how can I live up you to Ben oh. freaking Affleck? <laughs> yeah, I or mean, Steven Tyler. Yeah. What a terrible choice. That, uh, that actually anyway, makes me feel better. Thanks. Yeah, you're Finish welcome. your cinnamon story. Uh, so I dragged it down my tongue and vomited everywhere um, <laughs> I thought I had it for a moment I dragged it down my tongue and I was like I'm good and then I think I like give Jimmy the, a look and shoot him a gun like <laughs> oh motherfucker you got me and it got me and I had spewed and uh, Marcelo Casal one of the great trainers at Toronto FC that's still been there, there doing an amazing job. And in, like what I'm impressed about Cello is his ability to continue to grow himself. He he didn't just say, okay, I do a thing and I get paid money and settle. Like every good athlete, any anyone good at business, anyone good at anything, he continues to grow and push his education and take on more and more and more and not just say, well, I'm just one thing. Uh, but yeah, good mate. And sent me the video to remind me a couple months. It made me chuckle. That's what it's a I good memory. I can't wait to go uh, have a look and see, see it. it. Yeah. Uh, and that, by the way, though, how the boys accepted you though, and you were one of us. And that's, I thank people like you for doing that though. That was because players at the time, especially in such a transient team, which you can call those early TFC enough, teams, yeah. uh, you look to any known. 
person, any veteran, anyone with experience. And it's not that you ask them, should we accept it? It's just like, how do they treat him? We'll do the same. And I look at you and I look at Danny Cooverman's and Darren O'Dea and um, who was the other uh, center back at the time? Danny Califf. Danny Califf. Um, yeah. Did you hear what happened to Danny Califf? With the uh, the e-cigarette? Yeah. Blew at his cheek? Yeah. $10 million lawsuit. I think he won. I think he won too. Yeah. You know, my wife bought me e-cigarettes. <laughs> Hoping it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I want a free ride. So Come on, you should you get question. into this. So if, if I offered you $10 million, but via an e-cigarette, you have to blow half your face off. Would you? No. No? Uh, I'm very adverse to pain. That's why I don't think I ever did well in sports. Right. Right. Like, so it's not, it's not like you just have like a solid scar on half your face. Not even Danny. Danny got like work done and he looks good. He looks, yeah. He does. He got it all patched up. But it's so you like. you wouldn't go through that little bit of trauma? Uh, I don't know. Are we calling right. it trauma now or are we going to call it trauma? Well, the way. <laughs> Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame. Yeah, drama's. Uh, drama, drama. Trauma's the, like the, it actually happening. So you're it in is, a world, yeah. you're in a bit of pain know. for like. $10 million is a lot. 20 minutes. Yeah. Did you see, he was like. Short up in a hospital for like a week. It's a few more than 20 minutes. You do it for 10 mil? Uh, See, it's hard. Well, I've already got. No. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true because you spent your money well. Yeah. Saved all the nickels and, and dimes. And I've got my big pension coming. <laughs> That's the pension rolling in. Thank you very much, uh, uh, English Premier League Players Association, whatever they call it over there. Uh, but you guys did a lot for me. And I appreciate it. And in talking with mutual friend Stephen Caldwell recently, I said the same to him. And I said, I won't forget that because you can like having a kid. No, I wasn't a kid at the time, uh, but having someone bring a camera in. And then even at the time, like I worked really hard, but I didn't have, let's say, full financial backing, meaning it still looked in the early days like a documentary that's in its early days, if that makes sense. It, it was it, also good for that reason too. And it was. I I like it for that yeah, reason. I loved it. What I, about when we went to the Orlando game? I was going to bring that up. You remember nice. the Orlando game? Yeah. Remember what? First of all, that two of the aforementioned players that we were just talking about bailed at the last minute. So I went out. I got four tickets. We made connections with Orlando uh, Magic to allow us to go and film at the game, which was amazing. And you and Coov's obviously first on my list. And then two more veterans decided at the last minute, they're like, nah, uh, I don't think so. I was like, what? Come on, man. Like, oh, didn't Oso come? And Stinson. Oh, had, yeah, that's Oso right. Oso and Stinson came. And Matt Stinson's now coaching up Vaughn. I bumped into him six months ago. Wild, isn't it? And you you could see the quality in Oso, and you knew he was just a budding star. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I knew I was like Clay. You better get in and you know start a relationship quick because he's going to be massive. I didn't know he was just a nice kid. Oh, the next day was a nightmare. Do you remember what happened the next day? <laughs> After it's so, okay. We went. So to, I just got a new like sleeve tattoo on my arm. So I'm like, oh, I need to get an Orlando Magic jersey for the documentary. Yeah, which dickhead. was am amazing because what Toronto FC is owned by Maple Leaf Sports yeah, Entertainment. Idiot. Thanks for the heads up there. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a bad friend. Uh, no, I just, but we put it in the documentary, made you explain yourself, and it ended up being kind of fun. Yeah, and I looked like, you guys are doing some weights. You like a, yeah. <laughs> You're a professional athlete. Oh, this is Terry at the end of his career. I was 
was 28. <laughs> so any, the next day, I was so unlucky. We, were, we had the day off. Yes. And uh, Danny Califf, Darren, myself, and I think there was somebody else, the four of us, we were in Orlando. No, we were near Orlando. We were near Orlando. We're, we're, right, we were, we're right, right close by to Disney. It. Yeah. Uh, what was that area called? I don't know. It was different than the place we went the next year. Remember, Great this was the place. It was like two massive hotels with an underground connection, yeah. and the Starbucks was underneath. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah, but I, I remember, and uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good memory. We so you know how I remember is because there wasn't room at that hotel, and so I had to stay thirty minutes away. And after like my first four hundred dollars in cab charges. I like called the person back at the office and said, "You guys got to hire me a driver because I can't afford this amount of money." Yeah, yeah. I had so to, what did they do? They hired me a driver. It's MLSC. <laughs> that was a start. You're massive time. <laughs> so uh, get off. I just so un. You know when you say like, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. It was mm. one of those. Story and, of my life. And uh, so we had the day off, and the four of us. Uh, Danny Cale was big into his music. He mm. and and there was just kind of like. Irish punk band thingy majiggy going Sounds on. just like him. And it was kind of cool. And, and I'm, whatever environment I'm in, I'm like, I'm down. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I, and, and I'll take it in. And, you know, I don't know. It's just a cool experience. So so the four of us go to this. And uh, I had my uh, big baby was the name of the player. I can't remember his name. Played for Orlando. That was like his nickname. Uh, and and but it was like a large. So it went down to my like calves. This t-shirt. It was like, you couldn't even, it looked like I had no shorts on. And I'm walking around with these guys like I'm the little brother. And so we're at this concert and it's all kicking off and uh, not drinking because we're training the next day. No, like for real though. So uh, definitely. No, that, and that's what Ryan Nelson said. So anyway, we go down to like the mosh pit and apparently at a punk concert, like everyone just kicks lumps out of each other and mm. fights each other in 100%. the mosh pit. I didn't, yes. I didn't know that. Again, thanks for the heads up, Danny. <laughs> so I'm down there and everyone's like launching me You're around. You're just hard done and by, I, aren't I, you, I'm, Terry? I'm having fun, I'll be honest. Yeah. Next minute, I'm like crowd surfing across and like in the middle of preseason. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, how is this happening? I'm like, okay, I'm a bit uncomfortable now. Yeah. Uh, but, what I yeah! but I got my new tattoo out, yeah. so I'm kind of happy about that. And so the night finishes and we're back in the hotel at maybe 11 15 11 30 and again i wasn't drinking because we were training the next day and I was, I was pretty good with that or i was good with that uh so that night we have a meeting and uh d- d- nothing crazy and i'm not i'm not thinking oh no like oh i, f- I messed up there or yeah. I'm, I'm on the hook for something ryan nelson says so did anybody go out last night and everyone in their chairs just kind of shrugs down a little bit. And I'm thinking, I'm safe here. I, yeah. You know, I'm good. I, I, I mean, I went to watch drink. a concert. Right. And, and I was stone cold sober. And, and it was a night off. And, and it was a night off. Completely. And I respected that we had training in the morning. And it's a new manager, too. Ryan Nelson had just taken over. And I, you want to make a good impression. And we'd had a tough year the year before under Paul Mariner. And uh, and, and at the time, or I, 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 you know, a solid member of the squad. So, so again, you want to lead a, a good example for the young players. So he's got, I'm going to ask this again. Did anybody go out last night? And nobody put their hands up. So next minute he turns around, this monitor comes down, and he puts this on the screen. So his best mate, Duncan... Uh, Otten? Duncan... Otten. 
Auden. The one who it? came in later yeah. as a coach. Yeah. Who was working for Columbus. Yes. He, he was a Kiwi Auden. as well. Yes, he is. He was at the concert and on his phone, he was videotaping me crowd surf across the room at this concert. So the players all of a sudden start laughing. Yeah. Ryan's like, Terry, what the heck? Like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, what can I say? It just looks so bad that I'm crowd surfing. It looks like I've had 20 pints and I'm just living the dream here. So that was like strike one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. What happened? What, what was strike two? Was. Because I don't. That was 23rd. You didn't make it through the summer, did you? No. You released that year. Yeah, I, I was kind of tough. So uh, I started the season under him, yeah. uh, played the first five games. And in training, actually, uh, the pitch at BMO is quite hard underneath. Mm-hmm. It gets slick on top. It, you know, you've been on the pitch a million times. You, you, yeah, you but I that. don't know. See, people say that to me all the time. Yeah. But because it was never my sport, yeah. I don't. I'm like. No, the difference yeah, is. I'm of, like, yeah, it's grass. Like, yeah, it's, it's, no, that's real grass down there, not turf. <laughs> right. and, and that's the end of my knowledge. Right. But I've heard that time and time again of how hard the pitch is yeah, at BMO. Yeah, which is great because the ball's slick and when the yeah. dew comes, it's just, but, but it's sometimes to land, it's, it's not a great surface because it's not very forgiving. And, uh, or it'll be a little bit wobbly once you get down deep. Yeah. So the, on a Friday before training, Joe Bendick was our goalkeeper. I closed him down to block a kick for, like, should, shouldn't have done it. And I, I actually ha- injured my knee like Zlatan, mm-hmm. uh, you, where, you know, where it hyperextends backwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? I'm going to be out now for, for like a little while. You, yeah. you, when you have a bad injury, you know, you've done something. And, and, uh, when everyone's Marcelo and then Carm are trying to calm me down, the, the athletic yeah. therapist at TFC, you just know inside that something's not quite right. I get it scanned and I torn some meniscus and I now had a decision to make. So we're. I, I guess kind of April time and uh, I can hope it repairs on its own mm-hmm. and it's an eight week period or I have surgery and you're looking at 12 weeks mm-hmm. and uh, the gold cup was in the summer mm-hmm. and in January I'd actually captain Canada, which for me was a huge honor mm-hmm. against uh, Denmark and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I probably would have captain Canada at the gold cup. And, and for me, that was a, a big part of what I was about in my career was representing Canada and putting that maple leaf on. So I decided, right, I'm not going to get surgery. I'll, I'll wait it out. And in eight weeks time, uh, I should be good to go. Mm-hmm. So started training maybe six weeks, six and a half weeks later, and it was no better. I, I needed the surgery. And uh, at that point, I, I told the medical staff and, and the medical staff said, uh, right, we'll speak to Ryan and and, and, t- and, and the club and, and see where we move from here. And I was like, that's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But what surgery meant was I was going to miss another three months and another good chunk of the season. And the club came back and said, uh, look, Terry, we need your cap space. And, uh, you know, we think you're, you know, an important piece to the club. And uh, I've actually never told anybody this. We will offer you a coaching position and, and, you know, whether it was at TFC two was on the horizon coaching them or in the academy or, uh, but I was like 30, 31 and I was the player of the year, the year before, and I still wanted to play. I love the game. Mm-hmm. And, and when I, I'm playing football, I'm, I'm like a little kid. So, uh, and, and it was <laughs> bad. I just, <laughs> I, no, just pure enthusiasm. Yeah. I, I just love the game and, uh, still to this day and, I said, you know, thanks for your offer. And they're like, yeah. at least look at it. We'll send it to you. Yeah. And, and it w- probably would have been been a good one. And, and uh, 
but I was like, I'm still going to play. And the way it works then is, is, is we sort of part ways and the league actually now start to cover my salary, pay for my operation. I flew up to Vancouver, uh, rehab there and, uh, just shook everyone's hand at TFC. And, uh, it's just part of the business. It's Mm -hmm. tough. And, uh, you know, I left with a heavy heart and, bottom lip was going and, and I thought I'd be at TFC for, for a long, long time. And, and, I, and I love this club. I love the city. And uh, now all of a sudden I'm kind of have my surgery. I'm feeling fit and I'm in Vancouver and I'm still shaking my head going like, how did this happen? You know, this, this isn't how, how it should be. And, and quickly got over it. Couldn't feel sorry for myself. I had a couple other offers in the league. I had a British wife though, who was itching to get back to England and went back and played in the first division for Oldham for a little bit. Uh, went to China for seven months, uh, which was a cool experience. I was in Shenzhen and then finished in the Scottish Premier League. And uh, my knee was never the same. To be honest, probably career-wise, it would have been probably better to take that offer up. But I was really fortunate, Clay, uh, that I never... I guess, burn any bridges or, or never, you know, just swallowed what happened. And uh, fast forward probably from that incident four or five years, I, I come back and again start at the bottom and, and you know, in the media sort of side and then interviewing TFC2 players, calling TFC2 games and fast forward another two and a half years, I'm working full time in the academy and uh, comboing that with a little bit of the media world and, uh, I actually said to myself, I want to be Danny Dicchio when I finished. And he, and he was my inspiration. And uh, so I'm, I'm I'm really lucky. And it, and it wasn't easy getting back into it. I, I didn't know Bill Manning or Greg Vanny or Tim Bezbachenko and uh, almost was like an intern starting at the mm-hmm. bottom. But the, the journey is is probably the best part. And we talk mm-hmm. about problem solving and, and finding a way to to, to achieve what, what your goals and or you know and my goal was to you know hopefully from through all my experiences of playing be able to help the next generation uh, what is glaringly apparent about you is nothing and i say this in all sincerity nothing is below you in the sense that and that's when i remember when you came back and although i didn't really know i knew you had some talks about do you know uh, running one of the academy teams or working with one of the academy teams. But I don't know that side of things. Uh, I knew the media side of it, though. And that was always like it was in from an outsider who doesn't. I don't truly know. I can't. I said earlier, I can't break down the game of, yeah. of football. But whatever role you were offered, you always played in a way that nothing was below you. If you were if you were starting or you're coming off the bench or uh, where you were placed in the midfield, like, and, and what formation, which means what role you were given. And that just over and over and over again after you left. Uh, when you first joined Vancouver, they weren't in MLS yet. They were on their way to MLS. Am I correct? Yeah. So, but so they weren't quite there no, yet. So we, uh, I, I came back and signed like an MLS contract. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, so that was always the plan, but, right. but played maybe eight weeks in the USL at the yeah. time and was a cool experience. Got to play at Swan Guard and, uh, families coming to watch me play, playing in, in a stadium, a little intimate stadium, uh, that I watched players play growing up and I used to climb trees as a kid to watch games there. And I'm now, it's only four or 5,000 people there yeah. operating, uh, in front of my family and mm-hmm. in front of my hometown team there. And, uh, it, yes, it was a, a 
you know, stepping stone to eventually get to the yep. MLS. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's opportunity to learn. And um, but that's and, you. That's always you in every situation. Is you saying, yeah, yeah, I, there's an opportunity to learn. And I believe, and and you're very, your sense of humor is very self-deprecating. Like <laughs> you, it's just how you joke. But you have to, you have to. And I'm sure of it. You have that piece in yourself that says, yeah, 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 I can, I can, you know, spend the time to learn it. But then I can make I, the best of it. I can yeah. make the best of it, and, and I can do so. Like I am the kind of person that is capable of learning something and being good at it, not just like figuring it out and being okay. But but you have the ability, and it shows a hundred percent the broadcasting side, and quite clearly the coaching side, that you can not just apply yourself to something, but then master it as well. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that, and and whatever I'm, I commit to, I'm all in, and 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 I'll try to take whatever that role is is to the next level, and try to be innovative, and by still staying in my lane, and and. Uh, just kind of just and enjoying it too and and uh i think that's a big part of it is is and and i'm lucky i I get to do what i love uh and and not everybody does but uh i was on just finished my a license coaching badge and and i heard about that yeah thank you thank you and uh i'm so glad i did that in canada and and, uh i I really believe that you know we all have a duty to the game here Mm -hmm. and a responsibility to to grow it here and, and learn it here and uh, so, so, uh, and Stu Neely, former TFC Academy coach, he's helping on the educator side. Jason DeVos is doing a, say, a selfless, unbelievable job how too. How great. It's been neat for me to see him move from one position to the next and then into Canada soccer, but then in a sense in which he is setting the framework that everyone can teach kids the same way coast to coast and also being there and making all these licensing opportunities available yeah exactly i think you nailed it and just just go just quickly finish what i was going to say before yeah. is that there was a, a phrase and i wish i knew it a little bit earlier but your job is it was your job is what you do not who you are mm-hmm. and uh, that really helped me with my transition mm-hmm. of playing to coaching and you know whatever even if you've got a shitty job it's not who you are it's, it's what you're doing and uh i think people can see through that pretty quickly and and i, I think people want to surround themselves by by good people and and, and good honest people hard-working people and you, you know you talk about character and commitment those are important and competence is important too don't get me wrong but character and, and commitment are, are, are so important just to jason devos he's uh I didn't really know him that well. He was the generation before, before me. Yeah. And uh, he, there's a lot of hearsay, and, and it's a small world, the soccer world. But uh, I kind of, you know, watched him operate at TSN. Yeah. I was his understudy. I spent three months at six in the morning watching him and, and seeing how, how things were done at TSN. And uh, he was a little bit of a, a mentor, kind of, but yeah. he was busy with what he was doing and he had a lot a lot on his plate. Didn't really get to know him, but uh, on this course, it was kind of cool. He, he uh, is extremely selfless. He's, he's a great leader and he actually, he actually put ambition and, and getting to the top as a coach uh, to one side and, and he said how can I really affect the game of soccer in Canada and, and, and uh, by educating the coaches and, and building a curriculum to to, to help facilitate 
the, the quality of players here and, and, and whatever level that might be. And for, for somebody to put your ego aside and, and step back into a role like that is how can you not appreciate that? And, and he's very good at it. At the same time, I, it is very, I'm going to say this with the utmost respect, DeVos of him because he's the leader of leaders. And, right, I, and, right. and you he, nailed it. He, that, yeah. He's the leader of leaders. And if you choose to see it that way, then you don't see yourself stepping into the background. I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand that till uh, I was part of this course. And uh, It's yeah. a one-week course. Am I- no, it's, it's just two years. Uh, and it shows you how, how educated I am. No, no, it's okay. It's, it's, uh, then there's two residency parts to it where okay. it's, you're away for 10 days, give or take. That's what I, I think yeah. that's what I knew. Of. So I, the first 10 days was in Calgary and in last so a month ago in December, it was in Vancouver mm-hmm. and, and it was brilliant. Bob Lenarduzzi spoke, mm-hmm. John Herdman, wow. uh, Kenneth, the women's head yeah, national. He's brilliant yeah what a soccer mind he is yeah and 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 he's his ideology or or methodologies it's just about making players better he he doesn't care about the fame or money or range rovers or his name in the paper he just wants to help players get better it was kind of cool and as an academy coach it was pretty you sort of easy to relate to that because we're almost teachers that that and that's what he is in shorts in In shorts yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh so no he he spoke craig delrymple spoke about his five games in charge of the vancouver whitecaps at the end of the season when carl robinson Mm -hmm. got fired that was interesting about the challenges that he faced and, and learning from that uh, so, so it, it was, uh, it was a really good course. I, I've spent two days with Jason during two different of those, I guess it's a 10 day stint. Obviously it is. That's what you said. Uh, but I've spent full days twice with two different groups and oh, no way. just watching him. Well, because I go in as a, in a like a video media capacity, oh, cool. right. Uh, for CSA, but just being able to watch him and again, having, seen him as a Canadian national player, having listened and really gotten to know him as a media personality at TSN. Now to see him really take this over and make it his own and really try to leave a, an image in in uh, the formation of, of the game in Canada. Change the game, leave a legacy. Exactly, and I love that. But as I said... I can see how that fits into his personality just because if he chooses to look at it that way, right, then he will excel at it because a leader of leaders, 100 percent. Canada, Canada soccer are lucky to have him. And I 100 uh, percent would, would, you know, have, have seen it firsthand just like you. Kenneth and uh, John Herman quickly. What a one-two punch! I didn't, I didn't meet and get to know Kenneth until after he took over the head coaching job for the women's national team. But he was the assistant coach, the first assistant to John Herdman. And after knowing knowing who John is and how he operates and and his kind of rapport with the players, um, uh, I think he is kind of the epitome of a players' coach. You'd call him. Right, he he knows how to motivate. He's a big time motivator, and he can reach everyone on each of their this levels. Is John, John, yeah, yes. And then having knowing now that Kenneth was behind him, who is such a mind, like, and it not to take away from John, but when it comes to X's and O's, I don't think I've met a person that's blown me away in person more. Because first of all, my you know my scope of who I've met is limited, but no one has impressed me more 
than what how Kenneth sees things and how he breaks everything down. And I'm like, oh, this is a neat phase for the women's team now because they well they always had him, but with him leading the charge, they can really shift gears. And what a neat for Canada can really look at the women's national team and and say this is what it can be in Canada. Like what we don't have to think of ourselves as ranked 116th or whatever the heck. This is what the game can mean in Canada, and it's exciting and it's fun to watch. And they have such a connection with their fan base and and such a knowledge. Like I, I feel like a lot of the knowledge of the game in Canada have come through uh, what the women's national team has accomplished in the last ten years. And not 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 to take away from you and your time too. I enjoyed watching you play, uh, but right. you, you you see the, what they have brought to the community. Agreed, 100%. I, I, I think uh, it's exciting times. The, yeah. There's a World Cup around the corner for the women's wild. team, which is which is going to be uh, – I, I can't wait for. I, I, I think one of the things that's, that's cool about the women's program is Canadian soccer have developed – their own players that they're developing within and in these various excel programs around the country so i don't think internally it comes as a big surprise but uh i I think that this women's team could again challenge to be back on that podium and Mm -hmm. young jordan there's some real uh, janine becky yeah there's lots of exciting players christine sinclair still going strong and uh and i think in kennett they've got the right man at the helm that Mm -hmm. this actually just every single day he's just making players better and uh he's just so at home he's happy when he's on the field coaching and uh he, he's got a, a great coaching style that that that's uh that, that just lets players develop and and he just kind of gives them the framework to, to to figure it out on their own a little bit and uh i definitely took a lot from him and in and, and john herdman uh i i think you've got a guy at the helm of canadian soccer that that's uniting the country and, and it's no longer just about john it's, mm-hmm. it's about you know a, a duty to, to to the country and 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 it's it's all inclusive and if you're on board and you think you can help then john will find a role for you and uh he, he he's very organized team spirit culture uh really uniting the group of players for for, for the same objectives and purpose and, and that's something we didn't have we had a ton of talent and individuals but did we really come together and uh, as like a band of brothers and and i think that's what he's done in his first three games is is really unite the team uh i like his style of play how he wants to play it's brave mm-hmm. it's high tempo rarely a negative pass his his tactical side of the game is very good as well uh he he says which is kind of cool too and exciting against the mexico's in the u.s at at the upcoming gold cup in the summer that they're not going to change a whole bunch canada Mm -hmm. are still going to go for it they're they're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna whether they win or lose they're gonna have a sword in their hand which fans want to hear because we're so tired of it being a nil nil game and we bring on another defender you're like come on and what about players too how exciting is that and 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 when players go to camp that they're he's at he's improving the level and and the detail in his work is is incredible and and i think that the the timing of him coming in is perfect too because there's so much quality out there he's still searching for quality as well his player pool is north of 70 now uh and and all his ideas and structure and and the way he operate operates from is isn't just john like it's his ideas yes but it's 
he surrounds himself by some of the smartest minds yeah. in whatever field it is, whether it's a psychological side yeah. or fitness side or business side. You, you know, he's not afraid of, of challenging himself. And uh, again, his, his enthusiasm for the game and passion and all his experiences, that's infectious as well. And uh, having to get to know him a little bit better, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I wish him all the success in the world. And, and I think it's going to come. And I think that the hierarchy of Canadian soccer have the right man in place. How much fun was it seeing uh, Davies and Blue Tableau on the left-hand side? I know the team that they played wasn't of the You still utmost. have to beat what's in front of you. You still have to beat, but just those minutes of them playing together, you're like, oh, this is what it could be? But how do you attract a Blue Tableau if you're not going to play an attacking style? How do you keep the attention of an Alfonso Davies or a Liam Miller or, or, or any of these young talent if you're not gonna, you know, go to every game with a sword in your hand, I think the mentality of Canadian soccer's changed. It's, it's no longer what is Canada soccer gonna do for me. Yeah. It's how I'm gonna help you yeah. play for Canada, yeah. and, and and players want to be a part of that. And I think a really good example of it is Scotty Arfield at, at the last camp injured his hamstring, and it would have been easy to, for him to go back to Rangers. I think it was his hamstring, and, and leave. 99% of the time you leave camp, that's the procedure, you go back to your club and he gets ready for his game against whoever it was. It might have yeah. been an old firm game and there's big bonuses on it. But he actually decided to stay and be part of the group. And and next time that happens again, he set a precedent and, and there's like a real, they, the boys use the word brothers, a yeah. brotherhood. There's a real unity amongst the players. And I think that's a small example. I think players coming on board like Baloo Tabla want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. They want to they have international success and he's flying at Barcelona, Alfonso Davies at Bayern Munich. But when they come to camp, it, it, it's no longer maybe a holiday camp it's they're they're here to 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 represent their country and and to, you know john uses the describes that you've got a duty to your country and everyone shows up ready to work ready to get better i think john challenges the players mm -hmm. at, at camps and uh that's why atiba's still coming to camps and and uh i i think the environment from the outside looking in i I'm, is 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 uh top drawer a lot of good laughs, a lot of fun times. Uh, no hot takes because I'm not one for hot takes. But before I let you go, we talked about your time with Canada, your time with TFC, the fact that you're now a coach, and you're also a member of the media. You're, you're going for like the, the tr not even the, more than a triple. It's a lot crown. of hats. I don't know. That's a lot of hats to wear. It's like it matches my accent. You, you see, the, you see the Avengers movie where he has all those like Infinity Stones. You're trying to collect all the Infinity Stones that you can. Um, I'm but just I'm, doing what I love. I'm Clay. not going to let you go before we talk about good friend Gareth Wheeler. And oh, my mate. Right? Like, how perfect are the two of you just with whether it's broadcast or whether it's uh, the podcast? I was able to produce. Remember, I produced like six of them and then I was gone and then they got rid of me. I think I produced six Come On Your Reds podcasts and I wasn't good enough. But how fun yeah, right. is that energy between <laughs> the two of you? Good. You were too I was good. not too good. They're yeah, like, so get out, son. Gareth Wheeler, he uh, he's my mate. And uh, when, when I first came back from, from, from the UK, I guess I was... Couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, he uh, he he really brought me under his wing, and, and 
we would have probably two and a half years had 17 takes on a podcast and uh it was like 17 take dunfield and his, <laughs> how he put up with me i don't know but yeah. our i guess our personalities work yeah. it's, it's easy working with him because i hardly have to say anything because he talks so much <laughs> but, <laughs> but he tees uh, you up well he does he fills in all the gaps and it's like okay you just have to do your part but if i'm not quick to get in there he can tee himself <laughs> up it's, it's an incredible skill dylan uh, knows what that's like sometimes but, i leave him a, a space to talk and then if he doesn't do it quick enough i just keep going <laughs> he's seriously he's like if you but but his but his fill or when he talk, is is he knows his stuff and yeah. and uh he's very engaging he, he's the he's got a skill of getting the best out of people he's a wonderful host as well uh incredible human being uh real family man you know recently beat cancer for the second time yeah. uh j- just a really good friend and uh and and you know along your journey that it's funny you meet so many so many people and uh wheels is is, is a genuine friend and and i only wish him brenna and, and his dog <laughs> he, loves, he loves his <laughs> bulldog, bulldog reese yeah so i think he loves the dog more than brenna but uh yeah he's, he's just top man and he actually lives around the corner yeah, from, here. from here uh do you remember when Leslie's we went home? out for lunch that one time and he's like i used to live in this neighborhood go to this bar it's yeah. awesome go to this place for sandwiches it's amazing and i'm like we walked like a block and a half to where we had to go <laughs> yeah. and he was still pointing everything out along the way yeah that's, that's wheels uh and uh he was almost like that with my journey through media don't do this do this this is how you do it and uh another selfless uh uh, man that that's just uh loves soccer has a passion to help grow the game here and uh he he's very good at what he does we saw uh what was the name the sportsnet soccer commentator that retired two years back uh jerry jerry dobson jerry dobson we saw him at, and his send-off was really warm uh, up in the media box. Up in the media box. Yeah, I was the, there, yeah. Or, or from the players who also sent him a special message, sideline from the game, like at, at the end of the game, just making sure he knew that he was recognized and and that everyone knew the part he played. On the hockey side, Bob Cole is set to recar- retire this time. These are voices, both of them, Dobson and Cole, who have narrated my sports life. And I think that there's going to be a point in time that – Fans of the game are going to say Gareth Wheeler was the TFC reporter like in and I'm saying that with all credit to TFC the fact that like him the guy that's been around the game for like decades and is going to be I believe very recognizable you know going forward for years and years to come especially with the 2026 uh, World Cup coming to Canada as well as Mexico and the USA but there's someone's going to be like Holy shit! It's, Toronto FC had Gareth Wheeler as their reporter guy. Yeah, that's insane. Well said. And they'll be able to go through all these old videos where he's just like, "Update from training, <laughs> whatever, whatever." Like, <laughs> Josie's here. TFC HQ. <laughs> TFC HQ. Exactly. And I think that every time I see anything with Gareth, I'm like, "Holy 
crap. Someone's going to be like, Gareth Wheeler was the TFC reporter. And I say that with obviously all the respect for wheels, but also that Toronto FC clearly has a gem there that I want to see them continue to use. And that's why I love the Come On You Reds podcast. I love it. It's just you guys going. And I feel, as I said, I just think of the six times that I was there or whatever it was. And I'm like, I'm part of that crew. And he brings it every time. His energy is high five. Yeah. His energy is ridiculous. Oh man, he's incredible. Oh. Let me let me leave you with a f- f- funny story about how bad I was when I first started. Uh, I was uh, trying to film one of those TFC HQs, and and I was doing it down by the distillery area. Do you know where that little park is? Uh, there's this sort of it's like an urban soccer field yep, 100%. In, the, in the middle kind of a cool setting yep. there with the backdrop of the city it's uh, between Parliament and Berkeley Street right at the end of Esplanade Esplanade ends at the park I didn't know you designed the streets so. I live, that's my building I live I've lived oh, there for nine years oh I know that yeah. we used to see each other at the coffee shop exactly. all the time and then you left me I'm sorry no, oh, no I didn't leave well, you yeah, I know I, I, I got kicked out no uh <laughs> So Kyle Hall, yes, producer for MLSE. Yeah. Uh, again, he's probably someone who we'll be talking about uh, in ten years. Is, know who is one of the big dogs in the producing world? Yeah, know who who Kyle's on job. Like he had an interview, but then he had to go in for a day and work, and and kind of you know prove his worth to someone. You know who he had to work beside me. No way. He had to work with B for a night and I had to cool. like I'm not saying in any way that I taught him anything, but Kyle Hall, his first night, it was an evening of work, and I kinda had to like show him some things and and then assess how he is and then report back before they hired him. No and way. And that was with me. I love I think Kyle's my best non hire. Uh but I love that guy to death. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's a cool story. Good mentorship, Clay. Uh, thanks. I you know, I just find the top talent and I let them be them. <laughs> Caroline, another good example. Caroline, Rachel Benetta, who Rachel like, Benetta. Not, again, not that I did anything with her, but it's funny as we start connecting the dots of all this talent that passed through Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. And you think of, you know, unfortunately, Goal TV Canada had to uh, shut its doors. Um, and and you say what you will about the Leafs TV or NBA TV Canada networks. But there's so much talent that's passed through the doors there. Tessa Benham on TSN. Yeah. Right? We talked about wheels Tessa already. Tessa was reporting for TFC when I was playing. And, and that's wild. Yeah. She used to interview me. <laughs> She's so good. I know. What I, happened, Terry? I don't know. Tessa and Terry. It just sounds good. <laughs> but uh, so I'm in this park. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty like a few months deep into the job and Danielle Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah, another another incredible. Like, super talented, amazing, uh, what would you say, like person in the industry? She, yeah, she was a reporter, a reporter on, on the TFC slash side. Host. Yeah, TFC side. She was mainly a reporter. Yeah, yeah some host as well. Yeah. She's kind of found a few new duties, I think, over on the Leaf side yeah, too. Yeah, she's in games uh, arena host, host yeah. at, at uh, Scotiabank Scotia Arena. Yeah. Air Canada uh, Center for all of you over the age of like five. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm in the park now, and it's just Kyle Hall and I, yeah. and uh, I'm, I you know, have a coffee, and I bring him a coffee, and and we're kind of, you know just let let's do this, trying to create a, you know a mellow environment, and and it's caffeine. I hear helps with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I was like, I'll get a double. And I, like I was, I didn't need it. I was already, you know, nervous enough. So, and and my first problem was is I had to say, hi, my name's Terry Dunfield. Uh, I'm stepping in for Danielle Emmanuel. This is TFC HQ, but I couldn't say Danielle Emmanuel. No, it's, it, it's a tough one, and it is. It's a lot of. Of the same consonants, yeah, N's and L's, like and, it just keeps going, yeah. And so it turned into uh, like, "Hi, I'm Terry Dunfield, TFC HQ." Like Kyle just kept shorting and yeah. shorting it, so I could just get it out. And, and we were doing a quick recap of a game the night before, I think, it was in Montreal, and uh, we had the park to ourselves, except for this poor. There's a homeless guy there. Mm. Uh, poor guy was just having a kip a little sleep yeah. in the park and, and we were kind of <laughs> close to him and he wakes uh, up he's like I you're shit <laughs> goes back down so he's like this British guy after like my 40th take he's like hey mate you're having one any chance of trying to get some sleep here <laughs> I'm like, really, dude? And Kyle's like... Confidence booster. And the producer's like, should we just knock it on the head? But going back full circle, I just couldn't let it go. I had to get it out. And we, you know, maybe the coffee high came down Mm -hmm. and the pressure of the homeless guy, maybe I enjoyed that. But uh, we got through the take and... uh, the whole broadcasting world is trust me it's not been easy but you found a calmness though and that's what it's a weird thing but suddenly everything that seems so hard and not that it's ever easy but it's like there's this roadblock in your brain that just kind of stops and i say this because i true got to be on camera for a little bit and we were i have numerous outtakes uh thank you that's nice of you to say i'm trash um but (laughs) There's this thing, you do it enough times, and suddenly it's like, oh, I don't know why I got so hung up, and I don't know what it is. It's a certain calmness of the brain, or it's this thing that says, you don't have to get every word perfect, because if I don't describe it right the first time, like in normal conversation, I can just circle back and tell you what I meant to say, Yeah, and it's completely okay. And, and it's way more natural, and it, yeah. and when you actually watch it back, it's probably better that way. And, and It is better that way. It's, it, you start and you're like the kid that's playing video games and every time something goes wrong, he hits reset really quickly. Yeah. He's like, no, reset. But you're also like a perfectionist because you want to get it right, right. And, and, and you want to sound perfectly articulate and not mess a word up like KJ. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's not who I was. And I spent, right. I probably spent six years of my media career trying to be like KJ and eventually he's 20 years deep but, and like, he's British and he, just yeah he, he, you know he talks like the queen like yeah. he's just perfect <laughs> he just doesn't make a mistake and every time I'd make a mistake I'm oh KJ wouldn't do that and yeah. and, and like you say Clay I think you nailed it just be who you are and, yeah. and be comfortable and trust in that you know the content or what yeah. you're trying to get across and I remember TSN looking into the cameras. I was, oh, it's over there. Oh, it's over there. And uh, in the end, just, just, yeah, just, just kind of have some fun with it, and and, uh, and and trust in the people around you, like Dylan, who, yeah. who's gonna make you look good or sound good. He definitely makes me look good. Cameras are weird because it's like a hollow eye. That's what I always thought. You look in it, and it's like just dead in there. <laughs> it doesn't react. I'm like, I told a good joke. Yeah. The camera's just like, oh, just staring you down. That's it's what freaky. It, that's what it's like working with Caldwell. and on that note we like to end the podcast the same way each and every time because i believe um 
all and this kind of circles back into our conversation all big things start from small things and all we can do is get up e- each day and, and just apply ourselves to the small things the big things will come so with that reminder hopefully you can help me out i tell everyone to please be good to themselves and eat your vegetables because that's the simplest thing one can do so from terry dunfield myself dylan luca who's probably gonna end up editing this thing for us please 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 be good to yourself and eat your vegetables Terry Dunfield said it.